Hey, all of you out there, welcome. Join us, won't you, for another episode of Movie Mastery, where we watch the movies that you tell us to, <laughs> and then we put them on the TV and we watch them. It is I, John, and with me, Jeff. Yeah, I like how you uh, kind of just accidentally went Hans and Franz there. <laughs> yeah, just really <laughs> slipped, <laughs> tripped, and fell right into it. <laughs> it is, uh, how you say, the movie master. We are two wild <laughs> and crazy guys. guys. <laughs> That's some old ass shit we for you. Tight pants to accentuate our bulges. Is that that's their thing? I think is that, is that it? It's been a long time uh, since I've seen a wild and crazy guy sketch. That is indeed it. Although I believe they brought them back at one point uh, to mix with the two guys that the, uh, the com- Roxbury the, guys. No, um, the Dick in a Box guys. They're they're huh. they're they're fake color me bad uh, Lothario types. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's just it's just a thing they did, which I think is pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, so uh yeah. <laughs> I randomed up a uh, movie from our big old movie list and mm-hmm. it happened to be The Fup. Yeah, the f- the f- Yeah, the FP. The old FP, a the tooth- fart penis. <laughs> the fart penis. <laughs> Dr. Fart Penis here. Oh. <laughs> uh. Email me at clownpenis.fart <laughs> for details. Uh, so the FP, a.k.a. Fraser Park, an area in California that is just slightly north of where normal, like, L.A. stops. Oh, is and that it where goes it, okay. up into the hills. Okay. that I was wondering, because it looks like any part of California that's east of the five. It's actually just like north of Simi or something all right that's fine i mean i don't want to get too deep into you know california territory i I don't want to be like one of those podcasts where the people are from new york so they keep talking as if everyone knows what the fuck they're talking about with new york where they're like hey yo we got some kind of statue of liberty or something over here come on i'm like and then everybody else is like what the fuck is a statue of liberty what are you talking about (laughs) what the quit it with your inscrutable new york references what the fuck fuck <laughs> sometimes i like to eat a sandwich oh and i'm like a sandwich you what you east coast liberal elite <laughs> who the what who even <laughs> knows what a sandwich is let alone he eats one yeah we call that a meat and bread pile up <laughs> uh yes indeed uh-huh. unless there's no meat and bread in there or meat in there then it's a peanut unless butter there's no meat and bread in there <laughs> yeah in which case it's a casserole <laughs> then we just call that a hot dish <laughs> i'm sorry this is a very unfocused episode <laughs> uh so the fp is a 2011 movie that is basically a comedy kind not like a direct parody of eight mile but sort of a send-up of the whole like teen gangs you know whether it's where they don't fight necessarily so much as settle their differences through some sort of agreed upon method yes yeah. so anytime you've got one of those like we have to do a dance off or yeah you know we've got ski contest or drum line and yeah. shit the, the the reason you think eight mile is because it's about gang turf warfare as opposed to you know like a ski school where it's just a bunch of dopes at a ski academy no i think eight mile because they very clearly took a lot of shit from eight mile. that is also true yeah it looks like if they tried to do it eight mile but then they like fucked up halfway through and did a miami's most wanted that's it's a weird movie is where we're going here 
Uh, yeah. 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 So, so anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I just step on a joke you were hoping to tell later or no, something? No, uh, it's <laughs> Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh, is the... oh, it's called Malibu's, the Jamie Kennedy film. Yes. I apologize. Because you see... Miami's what... is a different thing. One of the big things in this uh, entire movie is there are no black people, apparently, in the FP, but boy, do people love the N-word. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of N-word in this. Thankfully, we, we, we watched it with the subtitles on. Actually, we kind of had to um, because they're, it's set in the future, it says, but it really it looks like it's set in 2011, Yeah. Um, except that everyone dresses like they were in the movie Turbo Kid. Uh, but they use such a, a thick dialect, such an, like an America 3000 grade thick dialect that, uh, the, with subtitles were absolutely necessary, but they do tell us it's the soft N word, not the hard R N word. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is one of those things where I also get <laughs> basically like a clockwork orange where everyone's got this almost inscrutable level of slang that they use yes but instead of it being based on like russian it's based on like av yes it is it is but there's a very specific very obvious word we could use to describe everybody talking in this but we can't but and won't <laughs> and will not <laughs> but basically it's a bunch of dopey white folks strongly affecting a sort of futurized version of aave and adding some weird little touches here or there, like instead of saying word, they say things like sentence. I mean, let me be honest with you for a second right now. I was doing that shit in the mid-90s. <laughs> saying sentence instead of word? Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. If you wanted to hang out with like 12-year-old John. If you wanted to hang out with me, but I was way more racist for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not... a real problematic 12-year-old me. Basically, you can tell they tried to write a future dialect and then basically gave up when they realized how much work it was going to be, took what little they had written and just jammed it awkwardly into AAVE. Yeah. So that you have these occasional things like, I might check at you later, which is a regular thing they say in the film, as opposed to, you know, I'll catch you later. Yeah. Or I'll peep you, whatever. I'll check you. I'll yeah. check a look at you. I'll check a look at you. That kind of thing. Uh, and then the rest of it is just generic AAVE with a fun twist in that the main character of the movie seems to have decided that he just doesn't want to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a not a very long film. Hour and 20. And I'll say this. There's. <laughs> I'm very torn before we get into the spoilers. Just my generic review, because I'm like, the movie wants to be very much a send up, a parody, like yeah. taking movies that would sort of do this thing and being like, oh, isn't it funny that instead of it being the like these two gangs battle for the streets of New York, it's like these two people are hanging out in Fraser Park. Yeah. And on one hand, they do an interesting enough job with it that I'm like, oh, that's kind of at least got my attention. But on the other hand, it's just not very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, my my review of this was picture an LMFAO video. <laughs> All right. 
that you, you got that in your head just to regularly they're party rocking, right? You know, you know what they're doing. You know, uh, you know they're they, they they're uh, they're asking to, you to put drinks in their cups and so on. Now imagine that it was a YouTube parody of an LMFAO video where the parodical element was instead of red foo and sky blue, it's dorky white people living in a half abandoned mountain town in California. Awesome. Got it. So that's enough right there. Now imagine instead of being over in three minutes, it's over in eighty six. <laughs> there you have. How it. do you? How does that sound? Bad, right? But and yet it's uh, bizarrely endearing. Yeah, I, mean, I would say because they're supposed to be going for bad, and it's it's very weird. We will get into it. Yeah, we're gonna play a little music. We are gonna really dive into exactly what does and does not work mm-hmm. in 2011's The FP. We are back, and it is time to talk about The FP. Mm-hmm. Sure is. So uh, the FP, it's uh, it's a film, and it cost about forty five thousand dollars to make. And that is not me uh, disparaging the look of the film. That's a that's an actual factoid about it. Yes, and it, it recouped about forty thousand of that, which may sound like it it was a total failure, but it does have a sequel. Yes, so they did. They tried again. I mean, this is a movie that was just like a couple of brothers. Yeah. Got together, made a three-minute version of this. Yeah, yeah. And then liked it so much, they made it again, but with a few people that had been in stuff. (laughs) I have to imagine that $45,000 budget was mostly just the couple of actors who have been in things. Sean Whalen and Clifton (laughs) Collins Jr. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm sure there are probably... There's one other guy. I don't remember his name, but there's one other guy who was like in a bunch of National Lampoon's... Which is party six. Here's the weird thing. Yeah. That guy was already in the three minute version. Oh, he must have knew these dudes. Yeah. He must have already be friends with them or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, weird. Because in the original version, uh, a few of the people got replaced by some new actors. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, this got picked up by draft house films to get sent out after it, you know, showed it South by Southwest. It was, uh, well, and you know, the, I saw that Draft House Films logo, and I was like, "Oh, cool! This is going to be, you know, like uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Against the Ninja, the the yeah, yeah Miami Connection. That's the movie I'm trying to remember the yeah. name of. That or Dangerous Men, which is which is really a thing where like <laughs> Malibu Connection. Remember, <laughs> I got the name right, Miami Connection. <laughs> Don't try to confuse me. <laughs> Don't you dare try and fuck me up <laughs> on this. It's too easy. <laughs> You've got better things to do with your time. But no, uh, it, whenever I see that draft house, I'm like, oh, neat. Someone found an abandoned, ridiculous thing and, and then sold it to Alamo and they breathed life into it. But no, I think in this case, they were actually one of the funders. Yeah, they found it at South by Southwest and went, sure, we'll fucking distribute this. Why not? Yeah, because this is a little le- a little more modern. And it's it's wild. It's, it's a weird idea for a movie. Uh, I don't know if I like it, but I, I certainly respect the hustle. Yeah, I understand the idea behind it. Yeah. And, I mean, like we said, it's taking that idea of, like, 8 Mile, where it's just like, oh, let's take, you know, some young people from the street trying to compete and, you know, someone coming up and doing their best. And, of course, you've got, like... It's a cliched combination of battle rap and sport movies. Yeah. I mean, 
not so much the sport movie, I would say. Eh, I mean, okay, fine. It's, it's. I mean, maybe a boxing movie. Was, maybe. Would that be acceptable for you? It's any movie where you've basically got two teams that compete in something, but it works exactly the same as any one of those. Like, all the way down to the, the last rap battle is, or whatever battle, we haven't got into that yet, is best two out of three so we can make it last longer and so that we can have a point where the hero's chips are down. Yeah. The fact that throughout this whole thing, because... They decided to use a dance, dance revolution thing called yeah. Let's let that beat, air out of the tire. Revelation as <laughs> their uh, their big sport that is going to decide the fate of the FP. That's right. If you want the biggest takeaway possible from this, it's a DDR movie. Yeah, it's called it's a BBR movie, but but yeah, it, I mean they're playing dance, dance revolution at each other to settle gang disputes. Yes, <laughs> and. You know, you hear that, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's it's a funny thing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this was made in, like, 2011, I'm like, uh, like, sure, those machines are still around and one of the few things that can make money at, like, an arcade. Yeah. But it's, man, that had already peaked a while ago. It had, yes. Yeah. You, I, I wonder if it had peaked when they made the short film version of it. Well, I mean, they made the short film in, like, 07, yeah, so maybe? That might actually be the height of the era for those big old DDR machines. But, yeah, they this this is a movie where, they, where disputes are settled between various white people, mountain town gangs uh, via DDR machines. And, again, we think it's set in the future. The, 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 uh, all the ad copy says it is. Um, well, yeah, because, again, it's wanting to be one of those, like, it is the future and... You know, what used to be a game is now a deadly sport that they decide the future on. <laughs> yeah, sort of. One person dies playing it in the movie, and we're still not sure why. Uh, <laughs> but, but otherwise, I mean, the only other reason you could even be partially inclined to think this is the future is because there's uh, the, the, our main character and his brother dress like Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> they just both dress like Derek Zoolander. <laughs> I mean, our two competing gangs, the 245 and the 248. Yes, which suggests that the gangs are just named after like area codes or something. Yes, the yeah. two area codes that are up in Fraser Park. Yep. Uh, and the it's weird because the 245 and the 248 are dressed. They have gang colors. So you've got... Uh, the 245, which is our bad guys, mm-hmm. they're in yellow, but also have a strong confederacy theme. Yes, they have a they have a confederacy theme going on, uh, including one of them wearing the uh, the Confederate Army kind of flat cap. Yeah, we've got one of the and one of them's wearing rebel flat cap. We've got a, a bunch of Confederate flag stuff. Yeah, and our our lead villain has like Ambrose Beer style super mutton chop sideburns. Yeah, he looks like a Street Fighter character, <laughs> and that is L W E. Yeah. Now the two four eight gang uh, is all in blue, and of course has a standard American flag theme, so you know they're the good guys. Yep. Uh, and to start with, our main uh, leader is Betro, mm-hmm. but our main character will be his little brother Jatro. Now those names are just the letters. So J-T-R-O, B-T-R-O. And they both dress like Derek Zoolander uh, doing his future d- uh, thing in the first movie, uh, to, down to the point where they both have, like, I- elaborate wing-style shoulder flaps coming off of their tank tops and, and belts that, that constantly oh, yeah. display their names. J-T-R-O has a little digital belt that just says J-T-R-O scrolling across it. Yeah. It's great, mm-hmm. but 
they are the 248 gang. They're the good guys. And the only other member of of uh, of the 245 that is always wearing gang colors and seems to be at all the events is their friend Casey DC. 248, not 245. Sorry, 248, sorry, the good guy group, is their friend Casey DC, uh, who is the only person of color in the film. Yeah, we got he's, one he's, Asian one, guy. Asian dude. And he's also like the official announcer of all of the matches. It's interesting because yeah. they were like, oh, uh, Casey DC is always the one who goes up and announces the matches and mm-hmm. does like the hype for everything but is very clearly a 248 member. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, interesting that you wouldn't have, like, either a neutral announcer or, depending on where you were, that gang would have their own announcer. Yeah, it's very funny when when, uh, there are scenes where he is clearly on enemy turf and he's like, hold on, bro, I got to announce this. Now, he doesn't say bro. He says the first three letters of the N-word. Yes, indeed. uh, For everything, he says. Uh, I'm just going to say bro instead. Indeed. I mean, they do occasionally <laughs> say bro, uh-huh. so it's fine. Yeah, but he's like, excuse me, bro, i got to announce this. And he just like pulls a microphone out of his back pocket and just starts hyping. Yeah. And it's like he just he's just the owner of the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a point where, like, at least in the f- first one where there, it appears to be kind of like middle of Fraser Park contested territory. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know. One of the two gangs is probably going to have to announce it. May as well be him. But when they yeah. go out to, like, outside Fraser Park to some other gang's territory mm-hmm. to do a match, and he's just like, yeah, and I'm also the announcer here, and no one has a problem with it. Everyone's like, yes, clearly, this guy yeah, will be the announcer. He's just... I like, to, I like to assume that even though he's allowed to have gang affiliation, it's like he just chose a medical or journalism profession, and he just has diplomatic immunity at all times. He's just like, oh, well, one of the classes that you can join in the future is the announcers, and our job is that we go from place to place tendering our services as battle rap hype disp- uh, announcers uh, for Dance Dance Revolution offs. And I do, I mean... Known the- as beat offs, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do like, in the beginning, uh, of course, Beatro and LWE are having a match mm-hmm. uh, to decide, you know, stuff. We uh, don't really, it's not clearly stated exactly what the stakes are, because Jatro also has to go against one of the other members, which I will not say their name, because it also includes the N-word. Uh, yeah, there's two, there's two dudes, basically both squads have three guys, and then there's everyone else in town is also a gang member. But uh, LWE has two little henchmen who both have names we're not going to say. But honestly, their whole thing is that they're like so Confederate structured and so on that they might as well be named things like Gooter and Tom Sam or something. You know, they just they should just have the worst possible Southern trash names. Yeah. Instead, we get Beatbox Busta Bill and Sugar. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to finish that. And <laughs> so he, you know, has his match. He beats Sugar and is like, great, cool. That didn't really mean anything. No, it's just like a, 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 intro. It was like a yeah, it was like a display match, just an exhibition. Yeah, and then we get the big title match, I guess, between LWE and Beatro, mm-hmm. and <laughs> out of nowhere, apparently the video game knows that this is important because it just is like new match style unlocked Omega mode, and you're like, huh? 
what? What if it had unlocked this for like the random beginner exhibition match? <laughs> and everyone treats it like in a major event, like KCDC, who's on the announcement mic, is like, oh, shit, y'all, it's it's Omega mode. We got a new mode all up in, you know, and it's like a whole thing. But and, we don't know what it, we don't even, and there's no visible difference on screen either. No, because all it is is just, <laughs> you know, a Dance Dance Revolution screen. Looking di- screen. It's not quite Dance Dance Revolution. Like, they can't afford cool graphics in the background or music you've heard of. No. For the movie. They, you know, it's a $45,000 movie. So instead, it's just like a blue flow uh, cloud field with the with arrows scrolling up. So, you know, you're like, oh, I know what that is. I've yeah, seen it's enough got, DDR. Yeah, it's got the arrow, you know, yeah. match points at the top and the arrows scrolling. Yeah, less arrows scrolling up than there are buttons to press on the big boards they play on. But, you know, that's just the kind of nitpicking that this movie doesn't need from me. No. Well, I mean, when DDR got super hype, people were like, how do we make a DDR? Yeah. And one of them was, we make it, but instead of having orthogonal, we have diagonal for some reason. Yeah. And they added four diagonal arrows that you could also go on. And for the Beat Beat Revelation game, they decided to take the two top arrows and put them on the corners of the the Beat Beat machine. Yeah. Except... They still only have the four orthogonal arrows on screen. I mean, you say decided to take, but my guess is was able to purchase uh, <laughs> is probably a better way to say that. Like they, they were able to find two pads from a knockoff DDR machine and they're like, oh, perfect. A knockoff won't get us sued. Uh, I mean, that's that that would be my guess. And and I'm g- also going to guess that they only had one of them. and They just moved it around for the various shoots. Like, why have more than one of these well, things? Well, I mean, they definitely had more than one. You can see both of them in the shoot. No, no, I mean, they had one set of two pads next to each oh, other. yeah. That they moved to three locations for the three times there's well, yes, battles. obviously. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Omega Mode unlocks, and even though Beatro is the most dead-ass serious battler of all of the dancers in, in, in the FP, uh, and you can tell so because he's got his giant headband that denotes him as a badass, and also his... Uh, enormous ski boots, which seem to be a thing that denotes the 248 versus the 245. Yeah, so for some reason, I mean, and I get this, of being like, oh, if what we're going to do and how we decide, like, feuds and matches between things is doing these uh, beat-beat revelation games, Yeah, that footwear clearly is going to be a big part of that. And of yeah. course, LWE has, like, weird gold elf shoes yes he does <laughs> and Beatro has huge blue snow boots yeah he's got gene simmons goes skiing boots and i just keep looking at those like i mean at least the elf shoes you'd still be able to like play the game <laughs> but you know when they cut to you know, them doing the footwork, and I'm just looking at it going like... They're brushing up against each other. Like you're he, not going to be able to hit shit with that. Yeah, he can't spread his legs far enough that these boots aren't touching. <laughs> it's They're they're just too big. It's too much. <laughs> then again, it's, I think it's just part of the send-up, that when they're like... Part oh, of it. We got to pass down the boots that made me such an excellent dancer, and it's like these giant, ridiculous, gawky things. Yeah. Uh, but Beatro goes down, and when I say he goes down... I mean, he dies from playing BBR. (laughs) Like, they have this whole thing where they're like, oh, we've got weird, like, rules that if you fall down, you've got a 10 count to get back up and go again. They have a TKO rule, which is weird. Why would you bother? Like, it's DDR. If you're not playing near perfect, then if you... I mean, well, there's always the chance that... 
the other you guy fall falls down, down. Yeah, for four seconds, get up, the other guy falls down. That's the only reason to bother, because otherwise you're like, well, if the other guy's still going strong, then if I fell off the DDR pad for a second, I lose. There's no reason for me to get back up there. I'm done already, because he would have to also fall off the pad for an equivalent amount of time for me to ever even get close to catching up. But uh, they give you a 10 count to get back, and so if you you get TKO'd, you've got 187 but in here, he straight up just dies on the mat. He dies on the pad. And it's important to note that LWE is an awful, prota- I mean, a prota- he's a really good protagonist. He's just an awful person. I'm sorry, antagonist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, don't try to confuse me. I'm not trying to confuse you. <laughs> I don't need to try to confuse you. Uh, but yeah, he, he's got these giant mutton chops, a gold grill, a mohawk. He, uh, he, he's really loud and mean. <laughs> yeah, he's just an asshole. So when Beatro falls, he's just like, oh shit, I think I killed him. I fucking killed him. I don't give a fuck. I'll keep, I'll keep dancing. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And this <laughs> marks the moment where Jatro is like, I'll never dance again. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Even though their, their brotherly swear to each other is, uh, what is it? We roll together, we die, die together. together. Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, you died without me. I swear off this forever. <laughs> I mean, he should have just died. He, yeah. Come on, they die together. Yeah, we also introduced the, uh, the the film's love interest. Uh, the, the film has three women in it. Uh, yep. There's there's love interest. There's Stacy, the main uh, lady love interest. There's uh, the other love interest who is the big has a big ginger blowout haircut that's like LWE's girlfriend that you never really see. And then there's woman they found who was willing to get her tits out on a $40,000 budget. And it's always in the background with her tits out. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> they were like, we found one lady who was willing to do this. And by God, we will do that at least three times. She shows up at every event and gets her tits out. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely something. I don't know. Maybe you got a friend like that. I had one of the, a friend like that in high school. Like you just <laughs> consistently counting her, getting her tits out. It was just a thing she liked to do. So like, yeah. So yeah, it's fine. I, I, I uh, it's believable. Uh, so Jatro decides to go become a lumberjack for a year when Casey DC finds him and is like, Hey dog, you got to come back. Shit in the FP is fucked up. Yeah. LWE has taken over the only liquor store in town. Maybe that's what the battle was about. Access to the liquor store. Well, I mean, at least from what I remember from the plot, it was just like he inherited it, but because no one is like fighting him for it, he just has full control. Right. So LWE is taking control of the liquor store and only allows liquor to be sold to people in the 245. So yeah, he's like, unless you are part of my crew, you don't get alcohol. And so the whole thing is, this is terrible because... People without alcohol are instead turning to hard drugs. Oh, this this routine is pro- the first point where we were like, "Oh, this is a joke." Yeah, this like, is. We we thought it might just be very earnest until this exact moment. Like, oh, you know, without getting drunk, people got to turn to meth, and you know, without alcohol, we don't have alcoholics, and without alcoholics, we ain't got bums, and without bums, there's no one to feed the ducks in the park, yo. The FP ain't got no ducks, B. <laughs> yeah, this, th- his his biggest argument to try and get Jatro to come back to do pro- it for the ducks. Do it for the is to to uh, bring ducks back to Fraser Park so that when you need moments of quiet introspection, you can go and feed the ducks. 
how's a guy supposed to really learn about himself unless you can sit and look at ducks? Yeah, which was a, it, one of the better moments in the movie. Because uh, otherwise, this thing for the weird dialect and the goofiness of the fact that it's about video game dancing is played very straight a lot of the time. Yes. It's it's the weirdest thing. Now, the uh, the main thing is he, you know, of course, says no, but then gets dragged in because... Yeah, well, he, he tells him how bad it is for... He basically manages to make it about how Betro would have done this or something. Gets him pissed off enough. That oh, Jay, yeah, he's yeah. like, look, you abandoned us and the whole point was we were supposed to roll together and you know just because Beatro went down doesn't mean you have to fuck off like yeah we all lost Beatro, not just you yeah yeah and eventually he manages to sway our our hero who's like fine i'll get back i'll get in that car and i'll come with you to meet the mysterious guru that you that you know because yeah this movie follows every sports movie or yeah, every battle movie cliche you've ever seen. And just every movie cliche. Like, when he gives up because his brother died and goes off to become a lumberjack, we were like, oh shit, are they going to do the thing where they're like, where he's like, they find him and he's like, I made myself hard to find on purpose. I've made peace with my past. Yeah. And out here, I can live alone. I ain't, there's no way I'm going back. And they do all of that. They do every single thing. <laughs> uh, now, of course... The the person they go meet is BLT. Mm-hmm. BLT has a house right next to where Stacy lives. Yeah. And uh And BLT is a mysterious trainer guru figure who is also affiliated with the two four five but does not dress two four eight, but does not dress in their colors. Sure he does. He's he, still in blue. He's almost entirely in black all the time. He's in blue. Eh, whatever. Eh. Uh, agree to disagree. Maybe eh. maybe extremely dark blue. Eh. <laughs> he certainly doesn't seem on brand. But he's like, oh, I'm the I'm the greatest trainer of of battle dancers there's ever been. And I'm like, then how come you we haven't met you before? Oh well, it, you know, he knew Beatro real well because he's just a trainer. He doesn't yeah. go into the matches, which is also weird because he's like supposedly one of the greatest dancers there's ever been. It's like, why aren't you fighting for two the two four eights on her then? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Well, that's not my job in the movie. I'm like a Yoda. You, you ever ask why Yoda didn't just go kill Vader? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> then we got the prequels and you see Yoda flipping around. And you're like, oh, that's why we don't get that. Because <laughs> they couldn't afford to make him do it. Because Although I would love dumb to see, as hell. I would love to see original era Yoda being just tossed around. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just flung across the room. Lightsaber. Wow. <laughs> making that noise every time. <laughs> Uh, now we get, uh, the year later, Stacy has now become LWE's girl. Uh, sort of. Oh, I mean, she is. Yeah, but so is every other girl in town. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who wants alcohol. Yes. And of course she needs alcohol for her alcoholic dad yeah, or else has- he'll turn to hard drugs and she can't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if he turns to hard drugs, then there'll be even less ducks in town. So she can't, she can't allow that to happen. Uh, now there is a party that he goes to that is at the same place where this match happened. Yep. A but bar appara- called the foundation. Yeah. Apparently no one else in the two, four, eight has done any like matches since then because the machines are both like covered in plastic. Mm-hmm. Nothing seems to have been done. So I guess Beatro and Jatro were just the only ones willing to do well, KCDC, these BBR matches. KCDC has obviously sworn an oath to only uh, 
administer the ba- the uh, battle dances and never to participate. And I mean, the fact that he does, even though he is part of the 248, calls the 10 count fairly. Yes. And like calls it for LW at the beginning. I go, it's clear he takes his job seriously. Yeah. He, he was impartial. No, he swore an oath. He's a, he's a mediator. He, his weapons are peace bound. He must always carry the microphone, the holy symbol of his order of announcers. <laughs> Why you got to turn this into some weird anime shit? <laughs> Me? I did. This is already. You some, did this. This is already some weird anime shit. Uh, but yeah. Um. So we, because Stacy lives next door, we immediately get set up with her being the love interest for our hero uh, and her tribulations with her drunk father. Of course. It's, it's again, one of those eight mile things where it's, yeah. oh, here's a lady that I, I really like, but she's in an abusive relationship and has an abusive home. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have to be the one to save her from all of that. Yeah. And then when I save her and she doesn't thank me properly, I'm like, bitch, don't fucking talk to me again then. Because <laughs> that happens. <laughs> That's a weird moment. Uh, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, he goes to meet BLT. BLT is very mysterious. Doesn't even get up from his weird couch. He's just like, yo, you're gonna you're gonna stay here and learn to fight. Then you get to set up a tent and sleep in my front yard. Yeah, and that's enough to make J. Trey be like, I don't want to sleep in a fucking tent. And he just gets ready to leave. And they give him a big rousing, impassioned speech about how Beatro used to train here. And yeah, I mean, they take him down to the basement, and it's like, here's a big shrine to Beatro and everything, and showing how the entire FP has gone downhill over the past year. Yeah. How things just aren't what they used to be, but do you have what it takes? And he's like, no, but I'll, I'll hang out with you and go to a party, I guess. And then when they get to the party, that's when we, we see LWE again. Yeah. Who is mad that he is talking to Stacy, his girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy is very drunk and is clearly just openly hitting on uh, Jatro. Yeah. Uh, she is very forward, is is generally her, her uh, character trait. It's kind of nice to see, honestly. That she's just like, I do not care that I am LWE's boyfriend in the slightest. You're attractive. I've always been attracted to you. And I'm just going to hit on you when I see you. And that's the way things work. Yeah. Uh, but LWE basically is like, well, you've got problems now because you're Get hitting on my girl. Get the fuck away from my girl. And he's like, whoa, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I did. She was the one who came on to me. I didn't realize. I'm not trying to front. But LWE is, is a violent, terrifying person. And so he just hits him with an axe handle and knocks him unconscious. I, I got to say. I know we said this before, but I fucking love that uh, Jason Trost, the entire Trost family, is heavily involved in this. Like, costume design. Was Sarah Trost. Production. The executive producer is his dad, and that's also BLT's house and training area is all just his dad's property. Yeah. But the uh, JTRO is... (laughs) Just great as a character where everyone else is like running around being as scenery eating as possible. Yeah. And just yelling and doing their weird, the, that shitty ac- accent. That weird accent just coming at everybody. And then Jatro's just like, I do not understand why I'm- it is my job to battle the battles. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Dude, you grew up here. How do you? But he's just like, no, I wasn't hitting on her. She was hitting on me. It's okay, LWE. I don't want any trouble. And I'm like, God, I love that you are just not actually (laughs) participating in this at all. Which it's just really weird because, you know, he grew up there. I get it if it's a joke. Like if it's a black dynamite grade joke where like your main character doesn't do it because he refuses to or something. 
Because that's the kind of shit you, you expect from a movie. Black Dynamite manages to set it up that it's going to do that all the way through. From early on where they had that scene where he slaps a guy and he gets really mad about it. And then they cut to, a, yeah. to the recast guy. <laughs> but anyway, um, LWE knocks him unconscious with an axe handle. The other thing I appreciate about this is one of the two flunky henchmen, I, mean, I don't know, big beatboxing Bill or whatever, is... Now we don't know why we don't can't tell what happened, but now he's in a neck brace and he can't talk and he has a mouth guard in, and we don't know what ta- what what intervened in the in the previous year yeah. that fucked him up so much. Because last year, uh, Sugar was fine and was just like, yeah, I can talk. I did the you know match against Jatro. Yeah, everything's fine. We cut to a year later. He's in a neck brace and the mouth guard will not take that off for the rest of the movie, does not have another line, and they never mention it. And I'm like, great, that's a good <laughs> gag. But yeah, uh, basically when, when Jatro comes to from having been knocked unconscious, you got KCDC in his face like, oh shit, bro, you got knocked out, you got knocked the fuck out, punk, that kind of shit for a while. Uh, Jatro has no visible marks. Like they oh, just didn't have the, They didn't have any makeup budget for this. So he's fine. And he gets up, and it turns out he's been unconscious for like 10 seconds. Yeah, he runs outside, and he's just like, LWE, I challenge you to a beat-beat revelation game. And one of my favorite running gags in the movie is one the, the flunkies step up, and they're like, you have to get through us to get to him. So he just knocks one of them out on the floor, who immediately goes, time, time, time. I'm not There's fighting. There's dirt in my time. eye. I have time. Dirt in my eyes, time. <laughs> Every time anyone gets knocked out of this movie, they call time out. <laughs> but... but Go ahead. Yeah, LW's like, no, man, you can't face me. You haven't done anything for a year. Yeah. You got to go prove yourself. Go do a match against the 138. The 138, and then come back and you can face me if you win. And he's like, why? Why don't you just face me now? Politics, man. I love that politics bitch line. (laughs) (laughs) Can't Uh, fight you now. Politics, bitch. You ain't got street cred. (laughs) Street cred? There's like two streets up here. So now he has to go fight Triple Decca 1K. Yeah, Triple Decca. Yeah, okay. So we get a lot of training montage sequences that are happening in here at the same time, by the way. Just just imagine sports cliches happening oh, yeah. all the time. He has to, you know, do all the, uh, you've got to be fast, so we're going to have you run up a hill, and you've got to, you know, be ready for anything. So now you have to play DDR, but KCDC is on your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget. There's two. It's beat. I think there are two acronyms in yes. this movie. One of them is beat, and the other one is the N word. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, at least it confirms it's the soft N word. Uh, yes. <laughs> because it's was it and getting goals accomplished. Yes, is the end of it. Yeah. So so we know at least it's the soft. Never ignorant and getting goals accomplished. Yes. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, he has to go to the one three eight, which we are told is a horrible place that's fallen even farther than has fallen the FP. Uh, it appears yeah, to be... Because at a, least the, FP has the like main FP has... Well, it has uh, LWE handing out at least liquor to the people that are there and are part of him and his crew, but, like, this is outside of that area, so they don't get anything, because obviously he's not going to give another gang any alcohol. Also, they're so a they've all fallen to yeah. drugs. And they're a trailer park. Yes. As opposed to at least having a building, even if it's a completely destroyed building, in which to have their rap battle or their dance battles. The other thing is, on the way to the 138 to do this dance battle, we have to stop to rob a liquor store? Yeah, it's... The problem is, they're like, oh, we stopped at, like, you know, a Circle K, and 
KCDC runs in, grabs a case of beer, and runs out. Yes. Because that's, I guess, the entry into the uh, the match is he has to give a case of beer so they yeah, can be let in. Yeah, provide booze to be let in. Um, but the that puts <laughs> a weird uh, question to the whole, wait a minute, I thought, I thought no one could get alcohol because he owns, like, the one ga- or liquor store in town, except... If you just drive a little outside of town, there's a 7-Eleven you can go to and get whatever you want. I don't think it puts a question to it. I think it's just part of the joke. Part of it. But it, what, the question for me was, okay, well, if you're allowed to buy booze here, why don't you? I guess they just don't have any, none of them have any money, so they have to boost the alcohol. But they, they steal a case of cheap beer, drive out to this location where they are confronted at their car by one of the film's two name guest stars, Clifton Collins Jr. Yes, indeed. Clifton Dr- Collins Jr. shows up here. Yeah, dressed in a rainbow clown afro and three braided together braids of beard. Uh, and he is there to try and sell them acid. Yeah. and Or ecstasy, rather. It's, it's interesting because, again, this whole uh, area is like, oh, we've got, you know ecstasy and meth and acid and all sorts of drugs except for alcohol because you know we have hit on these hard times yes yeah and (laughs) it's uh it's interesting at least as a setup for a place it looks very much like they're ready for the purge to happen as far as their uh set dressing it's it's a circled wagon of of trailers uh, surrounded by a chain link fence with everything su- shot through with Christmas lights yeah. that makes up their set. It was actually one of the cooler looking sets in the movie. Um, but yeah, they get inside, they establish that these people are like more pathetic than everyone else, except that right there out in front is Stacy and, and the girl who gets her tits out just <laughs> dancing at this party too. And they're just like, hey, we just go to every party. We're just here. And I'm like, how did, what? My favorite thing is when when uh, Jaytro goes up to talk to Stacy because he's like, the, the two of them have since reconciled from the first event. They, they had a moment where she's like, I'm sorry if I hit on you. I was super I was duper, so drunk. So I don't drunk remember anything. And he's like, hey, I, that's fine. Maybe you and I could kick it sometime or whatever. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'll so, check a look at you later. Yeah, so she meets him here. And, and again, she's like, hey, it's good to check a look at you. I, 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 are you uh, are you battling tonight? And then they use another one of their their uh, catchphrases. Are you fearing? You fearing? You fearing? No. no, I ain't fearing. Yeah, you are. And then she's like, anyway, I gots to go. I'll check at you later. And then she just leaves. And I'm like, did you drive all the way the fuck out to the boondocks to dance with this other girl for 10 minutes and then leave? Yes. <laughs> uh, but then someone from the uh, the local gang, a girl comes up and is like, here, have a drink. And then it's like, oh, no, I laced your drink with meth. <laughs> Try and dance now. <laughs> I love that. She hands him a cup that's about one eighth full of thick purple junk. And she's like, here, have a drink. Have a refreshing, cool drink to, to, to get ready for your match. And he's like, yeah, thank you. I love it when someone hands me a tiny amount of thick fluid in a, in a, uh, a plastic cup. I can't wait to drink this. Yeah. I, I don't I don't have any questions about what it is. So he drinks. He's like, oh, that's awful. What is it? And she's like, you just drank meth, bitch. <laughs> like, can you even drink meth? Is that a thing you can do? Look, I'm not going to look it up, and I don't care. I'm going to assume, of course you can. <laughs> sure, you can drink meth. But uh, assumedly, if you drink meth, it doesn't work like meth anymore because it, it causes him to trip out. And the yeah, world gets all wavy and shit. It's not like speed in the slightest. No, they should have been like, ah, I laced it with acid because he just has a bad trip. Yes. 
But instead, they're like, ah, oh, you took meth. You know, the hallucinogenic meth. You know, the hallucinogenic downer meth. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then, you know, because he has this whole trip where he's like, oh, my God, there's no one else here. I'm all alone. Oh, I'm in being this. chased by zombies now. And, the, and then zombies come out of the trailers and start chasing me. And then he comes to and he is winning at, at the beat beat revelation game, except it's all like his vision's all wavy. Yeah. Now, I have to say. One of my favorite things to note from the uh, making of this that uh, I have, like, all the little side notes and things. He is fighting against Triple Decca 1K. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The actor engaged in method acting and would not drop his Russian accent on and offset throughout filming. (laughs) What? How long would it possibly take to film this? I don't know. He's in the movie for, like, a minute and a half. But apparently, he was just like, no, I'm not going to drop my thick Russian accent for this. Yeah, so that character has a, a corny, thick Russian accent. Uh, and One of those, you know, floppy ear hats. Yes, yeah, uh, what was it called? Ushankias, I think? Sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's wearing one of those, and he's uh, he's just a jerk who's like, yeah, I heard you got methed by one of my friends. Now I am going to beat you at a game. Uh-huh. But, you know, it turns out that being on meth is not a significant impediment to his dance dance skills. <laughs> yeah, I love that he just comes to in the middle of dancing and is like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah I guess I know what I'm doing. And he just finishes and wins. And uh, the running theme of this movie is that when the losers lose, they're like, no, you cheated. Oh, bitch, you cheated. I I do not accept this victory. And in this case, Triple Deca 1K is like, do not try to look at my eyes. You are a loser, man. You cheat. Even though you think you have defeated me, I do not want you to look at me. Where is black dick? I require black dick. Because black dick is one of the types of ecstasy that Clifton Collins Jr. tries to sell them. Yeah, it's one of the flavors. It's one of the flavors. And, uh... Leading to one of my other favorite little sports moments when BLT's like, is that ecstasy? Yeah, man, I'm trying to sell you ecstasy. Get that shit the fuck up out our car. You know, (laughs) we're clean good guys. (laughs) Uh, So now that he's won that, great. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he will get his match against... Uh, oh, right away. It turns out L-W-E. that LWE is just also at this party, except he hasn't shown himself until that exact moment of the victory. Yeah, he just rolls up after the victory and is like, Hey, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm the foot, bitch! He yells uh, weirdly. But he's like, Yeah, bitch, now you can fight me! You know, not that it matters, I'm going to kill you. Uh, he's like, you know, show up at the foundation on this date. I was kind of expecting it to be like a montage of him having to beat various backwoods people to get the street cred. But no, he just needed the one win. No, he just needed one win. Now, of course, Jatro passes out from his meth-spiked drink, wakes up back at 248 headquarters, and is just like, oh, man. That's a great line, by the way. (laughs) where where KCDC's like, dude, you got spiked with meth. We just thought you were all high on your victory and shit until you tried to pee on all our televisions. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for taking care of me, KCDC. You're a real friend. Yeah. And he's like, bitch, we roll together, we die together. I got you for life. It's like we're real brothers now. You, like, for real life? (laughs) And this is when Jatro, of course, has to take his training super seriously. Yes, now he moves from being worse at BL- than BLT to everything to better than B- BLT at everything. Yeah, so now um, instead of like, oh, he trips over the tires that he has to, you know, dance, dance in, mm-hmm. he's super good at it, and he can 
play perfectly with KCDC on his back and he beats BLT up the mountain and running. And Right. The other thing I wanted to mention around this point was the couple of minor dates he goes on with Stacy, where one of them, they go to a, a thrift store together, which is like a tent. Yeah. They go to a big tent thrift store where she tells him that her dream is to get out of this shit town and become an astronaut or something, you know. Well, she's like, oh, my dream is to either become a stripper and make money or be Dance an astronaut. Holly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I want to become like a dancer, you know, like stripping and shit, like all exotic and shit. Or I don't know, an astronaut. Yeah. Good joke. Uh-huh. Great. Um, And then the other one where the two of them go to the park together and while he's riding a swing, she keeps digging around in the sand only to have it revealed that she's looking for a tampon uh, because her dad spent all of the entirety of the house's money on alcohol. Yep. And uh, and she has no tampons whatsoever. And luckily, for whatever reason, in the previous montage scene, KCDC was like, bro, you did real good today. Here's a gat and a tampon. <laughs> Here you go, just in case. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? So he's you like, never know when it'll come in handy, like toothpaste. <laughs> What? That's right. There's also that line. I always keep it around for case of emergencies, you know, like toothpaste. What? <laughs> but luckily he has a tampon and her plant. She was just like, oh, I'm scratching around looking for a rag. I'm on I'm on it right now. And my dad spent all the beer money or all the money on beer. So I don't have one. Uh, and he's like, I have a tampon in my hand. <laughs> She's like, oh, great. And then they, they go off together. I just thought that was a weird, fun slice of life moment. Weird. Yeah. But, uh, of course, we also have to get the, confer yeah. the confrontation with Stacy's dad coming to a head. Uh, you know, at various points, we have heard just from inside the house, Stacy's dad yelling at her that she's no good, that she's a whore, and, yeah. you know, she should bring him booze and whatever. And eventually, at this point, it's happened enough times that Jatro you know, finally gets up because she's like, oh, I just want someone. I wish someone would stand up for me. Yes. So he finally snaps. and He's like, wait a minute. A chance to demonstrate value. I'll, I'll stand up for you. Stomps across the the line of hers where she's like, I can't stand up for myself unless someone stands up for me. And I'm like, That's actually, no, the whole point of standing up <laughs> for yourself is that it's an individual thing you have to do. But yeah, he goes over there to help and she comes flying out of her house, hugs him, and he's like, I'm going to confront your dad. And that's when character actor Sean Whalen steps out of the car uh, dressed in pastel blue lingerie. Yeah. Now, he is dressed in a way that is supposed to be like, oh, we're going to try and make him look transsexual. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> Sean Whalen agreed to wear anything mm -hmm. as long as he could have his nipple exposed at all times. <laughs> That was his his one line was like, oh, dress me up however you want, but I got to have one nipple out at all times. <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> and we don't have to pay you as much as we pay tits out, lady? No, no, no. No. no it's different. <laughs> but he comes out and it, it, everyone is confused in this moment because Jatro's like, wait, that's your dad? A, a tiny, skinny nerd guy? <laughs> this, is, this is who you have been afraid of and... Like, Google, Google Sean Whalen. You're going to be like, oh, fuck, that guy from oh, something. That guy from literally a million different things. Yeah, like, you don't know who he is off top. Maybe a few of you do. But most people are like, who, who, are you talking about Justin Whalen, the guy from Dungeons and Dragons? No, no, we're not. No, of course not. <laughs> no, we're talking about Sean Whalen. And the same thing with uh, Clifton Collins Jr. If yeah. you Google that, you're like, oh, I've seen you. You're the 
weird, not quite as good looking Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, no, or he, almost Tom Hiddleston. He's... Yeah, someone, <laughs> someone tried to create a clone combination of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tom Hiddleston and instead created a horrible goblin. I had a terrible time with the Clifton Collins one because I was like, oh, he was in... He was in a Robert Redford prison movie, and, <laughs> and I was right. He was, but that is not useful information. No, you say that, and everyone's like, I'm sorry, the what? Uh, he was in 2001's The Last Castle. Great. <laughs> I've heard only good things. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why that was my go-to for where I knew him from. Uh, But yeah, so, you know. He stands up to Stacy's dad, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, thank you so much. But then LWE shows up and is like, hey, bitch, you're my girl. Get in the truck. And she's like, okay. I'll let you suck my dick. Because there's a lot of blowjob stuff. There's a lot. There's a, Blowjobs are pre- very prevalent throughout this. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Um. It, it, so basically, Jatro's like, wait, are you still going to go with him, even though I just rescued you from your dad and you... You told me before that you didn't even really want to be with him or whatever. You, he literally spiked your drink and you woke up next to him the next day and figured, why not? Yeah. And she's like, you wouldn't understand. And I mean, all, what she really ought to say is he's the only person in town with access to booze. Like, that's it's that simple. That's really all it is. But he's well, I mean, the real thing is the next scene that we see her at the match. Mm-hmm. She has a black eye and a bruise on her cheek and is like. Well, I I broke up with him. We're not together anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that's why she didn't just dump him yeah. because he is clearly unstable. Yeah, but the problem was that that scene doesn't play the way they were hoping it would. I think because it's like she's like, hey, you wouldn't understand. I have to stay with him. You wouldn't understand. And uh, Jatro's response is to get petulant. He's like, fine, fuck off then. The fuck, Whatever. don't fucking talk to me, bitch. After I just did that for you, I just did that for you. I did something for you. Now. And she's like, yeah, but I've, there's a whole series of extenuating circumstances, and you doing something for me does not entitle you to me. I And he's like, yeah, whatever, don't fucking talk to me. And then when she gets shows up later, clearly beaten up, runs right to him and is like, yeah, we're done now. We are 100% done. I'm not going to see him anymore. It's over. And his response is like, Psh, whatever. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, that's no, this is not a moment that's making you look good, Jatro. Jatro, you fucked up. <laughs> Well, whatever. He has to psych himself up for his final uh, beat-off. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's it's got a final beat-off. The last beat-off of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two out of three rules. And we have some stakes attached to it. And the stakes are, uh, whoever loses has to get up out the FP and never come back. Yeah. And they have to take their posse with them. Exactly. So, whichever one of them wins, they have to take their gang and no longer show their face. We also had a montage... I mentioned earlier that KCDC gave Jatro a gat and a tampon. Uh, everyone is everyone is carrying now. Yes. Our good guys decided to carry first. They were like, yeah, we need a strap. We need straps because... Because the 245 are fucking crazy and we don't know what they'll do. We don't know what they'll do. And then like 20 minutes later in the movie, there's a scene where a dejected LWE, having been broken up with by Stacy... Um, is like, bitch, we got to carry gats at this thing. He's like yelling at one of his friends over the phone. Yeah. So it, it, our our heroes weaponized first. It was an interesting moment. Yeah, but I mean, it was they prescient. Were, they were right to do so. We have an amazing shootout scene where no one hits anyone at all ever. Oh, God bless. <laughs> God bless the shootout scene. Also, we 
I love that KCDC refuses to participate in the guns and has a wrist rocket. Yeah, he's got a little slingshot that he's like, nah, I don't need a gun. I got this. <laughs> this is the most powerful weapon allowed my order. Yeah. Look, I can't have a gun because, <laughs> because it's against the rules mm -hmm. of the announcers, but I can have this. This is my slingshot. It's a loophole. I'm, I'm not technically supposed to carry it, but I won't get in trouble. Really, I should be announcing the gunfight. Ah! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but the uh, yeah, the match is a best of three. And I, of course, really, was, yeah, was like, oh, I understand how this is going to go. But I thought for sure the final match was going to be that an Omega, Omega thing. Yeah, exactly. He set it up in the beginning. It's a scary thing. It killed his older brother. Obviously, he has to, to face it. He has to face it and overcome what his brother couldn't. Maybe with a flashback from his brother telling him some secret or something. But instead, uh, we get two regular battles where LWE wins one and then and then JTRO wins the second. And then the system announces cage match. And they're already in a cage. They just close the back of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have to step into this cage, but I guess we'll just close the door to the cage. Yeah. And then the machine's like, cage match accepted. You're like, wow, that machine is neat. It can detect if a cage door is closed on the outside of it. Yeah. And nothing changes no They're like cage match does that change anything no no it's still a no contact video game dance off at least the omega mode had the idea that like oh this is going to be a harder version of the game yes but cage match is just like we're okay we weren't going anywhere anyway it's not stopping us from doing anything yes the other thing that happens prior to the final match is that we get the official it turns out that blt managed to somehow come across Beatro's old gear and so he has a moment where he hands down the mighty boots of Beatro to Jatro, giving him these like three foot tall ski yeah, boots. These were from your biological dad. <laughs> Bio dad, son. Uh, <laughs> you can wear these into battle. They're a badge of honor. And he's like, well, really, they're just giant foot coffins. <laughs> but they uh, they have the match. And of course, at the end, uh, LWE falls down during the cage match and Gets one eight seven and oh oh no, but he doesn't die no, like Beatro did. And honestly, this is a point where I was a little disappointed in the movie. I was because there's a scene where he's sitting on the ground, like lying on the ground, lost, looking up at Stacy and uh, Jatro, like kissing to to, to uh, celebrate the victory. And I was really hoping he'd have a change of heart and be like, oh oh, I think I get shit now. But instead, of course, he pulls out a gun and they have a gunfight. See. I was just hoping for them to be like, great, cool. So uh, our gang will not be around here. I do still own the only liquor store, though. So <laughs> no liquor for anyone in town. Peace. Peace. I'm out. Fuck you. <laughs> Shutting it down. It only sells magic cards now. <laughs> Starting into a game store. Uh, but no, in instead, he's like, I'm not going to let you win. This ain't over. And he pulls a gun and. Everybody pulls guns and they all hide behind toilets and shit. And they all start doing get, 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 you know, like, like turn the gun sideways and like making pew noises and shit. I absolutely love this because the special effects are just like we put a little explosion in the after <laughs> effects. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll be like, ah, I shot this toilet with a shotgun and then a little explosion happened and the, <laughs> the toilet is spotless. <laughs> yeah, one guy's got a shotgun. Everyone unloads all of their guns at each other entirely and then they all kind of just step out with guns. And, and like, then they run out of ammo and they're like, 
All right. All right. <laughs> well, now what? Well, it turns out that the now what is that LWE escaped a while ago and they've been shooting at nothing. Yeah. And he has grabbed Stacy and is going to kidnap her. And I don't really know what his plan is, but he does. He does force her to suck his dick while she while he's dry, doing his escape drive. Boy, howdy. That's that's a thing that happens. The other thing that happens in this movie is that whenever someone is roundly defeated, a, a used condom is thrown in their face. Yeah. It splashes juice on them. Good. Yeah. So there's two of those scenes great yeah just in case you're this movie's got some grody shit in it for a movie that was an instant ready cult classic according to amazon sales marketing material i'm still <laughs> like you um too, uh, a little rapey a little too rapey it's a little it's a little racist a little rapey yes now uh lw goes off in his truck jatro takes casey dc's car goes after him i like casey dc's like no man i don't want to chase him in a car chase it's a weeknight <laughs> weeknight god bless you i love that <laughs> but they go you know chase him down and then they have a fight at an actual in fraser park abandoned texaco <laughs> like love it Love that they just used an abandoned Texaco that actually exists there. Yep, they got in a big fight, and it ends with, uh, I mean, they go back and forth punching each other in the face for like five minutes. It's fine. It's You, you know the fight. You've seen this kind of fight before. It ends with Jatro getting the upper hand and slamming LWE in a car door a bunch of times, to which LWE responds by going, time out, time out, I got dirt in my eye, time out. So it, we get that follow-up, and then he's like, okay, well, I'll stop kicking your ass if you do whatever I tell you. And now you have to leave town. Yeah, you're going to abide by the agreement we had. You're going to take your guys. You're going to get the fuck out of here and yeah. never come back. Which causes LWE to get up and sort of limp off st- off screen. Then a BLT arrives in another car that he has the other two guy, the two flunkies <laughs> in the trunk of. Yeah, because they're like, oh, what about the other two? And he's like, oh, they're in the trunk. Yeah. And then we have an extended scene where BLT stands there with his back to the road that that LWE wrote, ran away on and being like, you won, you won, and the FP is back for the people, and the liquor store belongs to the people. And I kept expecting, like, he's going to get shot in the back. He has his back to the to the scene uh, f- w- uh, featuring which exuant Mr. LWE. He's going to get shot in the back. It's going to be the final betrayal of LWE. It doesn't happen. The movie's over. No. Oh, I mean, the movie's gone on too long now. We got to cut it. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> we don't have time for more emotional scenes or anything. <laughs> so instead, he's just like, we won. Anyway, you want to help me torture these two idiots in the back of my car? And and yes. uh, KCDC's like, yes, I do. But you two should go have sex or whatever. <laughs> uh, and they go walk to the park and then Stacy yeah. gets on her knees and then we pan up and the ducks are coming back. Yeah, there's a scene where they're getting ready to have the romantic end of movie kiss, and then she faints and dives to the dick. Yeah. it's uh, And we get an extended sequence of her head bobbing from the back of him. Yeah, as, it as it is panning forever. up, we yeah. do get the, oh no, it's not like we're going to fade before you yeah. see anything. It's not a joke. There's not a scene where she's like, actually, and she like just dips out of frame, and you're like, I know what this is. No, I maybe, get it. Maybe we'll get a shot of him crossing his eyes. So but as no. to indicate movie shorthand for I am being blown. <laughs> but instead, we watch it happen for a while. Uh, goddamn. And then, yeah, the ducks are coming back. They have a V shot of some ducks. Hooray. And that's, End of movie. That's the movie. And that's it. That's the FP. It's uh, the FEEP. It's, it's a movie. It's it's a weird movie. Uh, it's like we said, it's a little racist and a little uh, sexually. A little wild and a little strange. A, a little sexually fraught. So I don't know. I mean. We don't really do would you recommend this movie as, as one of the follow-ups to this, but if we were talking that way, I mean, you pretty much have to make your own judgment call on this one. Yeah. 
I mean, it it depends on how much of that kind of stuff you can handle in the name of but we're doing it ironically. Yes, exactly. If you if you don't want if you're like, yeah, but you're still doing it and that's your that's your metric by which you live your life, then maybe pass on this one. Yeah. All right, let's uh you know what? Let's go ahead and actually get into the bests and worsts for the FP. Uh sure. Jeff, what was your favorite thing from this movie? I mean, it's got to be the duck speech. That that scene actually had me laughing. It let me know the tone going forward, what to expect. It was fun to watch KCDC, who I was starting to get tired of. Because, unfortunately, like, the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie is just KCDC loudly explaining everything. Yes. For forever. Like, every scene, he just shows up. And he's he's like, just the exposition yeah, guy. He'll just show up in the middle of it. You'll be like, all right, I get it. Here's J. Tro, He's a lumberjack. And here comes KCDC. Well, bitch, you a lumberjack now? And that's because you gave up on your dreams of being a battle dancer like your brother Beatro. Battle dancing is when you play the Beat Beat Revolution game. You're like, oh, dude, this guy... This is it's enough, you know, it, we're good. But then he has that duck speech and he, I'm right back on board. I'm like, oh, I love KCDC now. <laughs> I'm on KCDC so that, side. That that moment was a total turnaround for me and I appreciated it. So that's my favorite thing. What about you? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's also duck speech. I mean, duck speech was good. I did enjoy that. Yeah. The, I'd say probably my favorite thing in this was either that or the, uh, <laughs> The one year later, where the one guy is just in a brace and we never find out why. Pretty great. I was like, that's a good gag. I mean, every aspect. Fucking gag. Every aspect of the one year later thing is great. The fact that they cut right to the cliche of our hero having sworn off the sport forever is a lumberjack now, so he can be as far from civilization as possible. And then we have the scene where where KCDC pulls up to him on a car as he's walking endlessly along a mountain road to nowhere. (laughs) Incredible hulking his way across the road, just... (laughs) So all the cliches attached to the one year later thing are pretty great. Yeah. Uh, What is the worst thing in this for you? Probably, I I would say there's a couple of rape jokes that I found particularly distasteful. Notably the one where Stacy's like, yeah, LWE only got me pregnant the one time, but don't worry, a coat hanger took care of that. I'm kidding about some of that. You're like, oh, that's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't need. Uh, to, I, no, no I'm, I don't need to hear most of this. That's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that's not something I want you to make light of. No. So I'd say that moment in particular stood out to me as one of the worst things in the thing. But just all the the little rapey asides, all the the forced dick suckings that happened throughout this. Yeah, I gotta say that. I mean, that final chase scene where he's just like. Yeah, and I'm just going to keep forcing your head down to my dick. And I'm like, I know we don't actually see anything, obviously, but man, that is just not great. It's especially bad because every time she pops up to be like, Jaytro's going to save me. She's also like wiping spit off her mouth and so on. You're like, oh, she's actually doing it. She's not just being shoved into his crotch. Yeah. I mean, she's just like, well, I guess I'm down here. Yeah. <laughs> the so. the character of Stacy in particular, I'm like. I, uh, yeah, a rewrite would have been helpful. I mean, I get what they were trying to do to be like, yeah, life's hard in the future of the FP. Hey, look, I've, life's hard in the FP. Yeah, which is the thing they keep saying. Shit's tough in the FP. Yeah. So is that your least, what's your least favorite thing going to be? I mean, that that scene there, but I think also having Sean Whalen come out and be like, ah, oh, yes, he's a dirty pervert. Look at him wear women's clothes. I was like, yeah. eh. 
This is a gag that was already kind of old in the mid-90s. We don't need it now. Also, I would say the uh, the fact that we had to use tweezers to talk about the entirety of the movie because of how much N-word is in it. Uh-huh. Uh, an, an insane amount. Yep. So that's something that's, you know. Take that into account. Noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But there you go. I just want to say that's a blanket worst thing, even though neither of us specifically said it. Yeah, because it's hard to really say like, ah, oh, the worst thing is every single line that gets said in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and give our rating where each of us gives it a zero to five for a rating out of ten. Jeff. Uh, I mean, I laughed a lot at this, but I also know for certain that it was distasteful and I'm never going to want to watch it again. So yeah. I'm kind of at a point where I want to give it like a two. Like, even though, you know, if it just didn't say the N word so much, I'd be like, all right, you get like a like a three or a three and a half because you're a weird, stupid, fun, heartfelt, dumb thing that people made as a, as a outside the studio system. But it's got too much bad in it. Yeah. I mean, as a like, oh, here's our weird love letter slash send up of where we grew up but also of all of these types of movies. And it's so earnest in how bad it is. Mm -hmm. It, it feels like if you had one chance, one opportunity (laughs) to remake this film, I mean, the thing you captured it, it it is true that the farther East you go in certain parts of California, it gets whiter, it gets red statier. And also everyone starts talking like they're gangsters like 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 they roll yeah it's it's a thing like it's it's uh, maybe that's true of every state like the further urban or rural you get the more the 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 young people are like just pretending that they are hip-hop types yes um but so i understand why they were doing that send-up of like the town they grew up in doesn't mean it's fun to watch no i i think i'd give it a one and a half i feel the same way as like yeah, there were a couple bo- points in this movie where I went, oh, that was a good gag. That was a nice joke. Yeah. You, that was that was well done. But for the most part, I was just like, oh, I don't need a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I was, honestly, for a lot of it, I was waiting for any black character to show up and go, what the fuck are you people doing? I just wanted that moment. You wanted, I just the, dirty, wanted the dirty love Sum 41 moment? <laughs> you know you're white, right? Yeah, Never that's all that I again. wanted. <laughs> That is the only thing I wanted was for some person to show up. Like, just have some black guy in a van who's just driving through. And he's like, hey, can I get directions? And overhears them and is like, oh, what the fuck are you people doing? What it needed was a uh, National Lampoon's vacation moment where, like, Wayne Brady and his family drive through town. And they just see what's happening. You see Wayne Brady, windows up, kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it needed that. That is what I wanted. That would have gone a long way to at least being like, yes, we understand what we're doing. Yeah. So one and a half. I wouldn't want to watch this again. I can't recommend it. No. It's, you know, of all of the, oh, it's a funny cult classic thing. I'm like, there are so many much better shitty cult classic movies that you could get. Instant cult classics are almost never true. I mean, this is... This feels earnest, but also it's got trans panic in it, and yeah. it's got rape in it, and it's got so much N-word in it, and it's, yeah, I can't, I'm going to match you and give it the one and a half, so we'll give it the three. Yeah, three out of ten. It tries hard, it hits occasionally, but it definitely misses more than it hits. Absolutely. So there you go, there's, uh, 
there's the FP for you. Now, of course, there is more. If uh, you want to join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery, we've got some bonus content TV mastery coming up. We are just about done with our look at cartoons made from R-rated movie properties. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's only a few left that we want to talk about. There's a few out there that exist that we just don't want to bother with, like the Starship Troopers cartoon. Yeah, it... (sighs) It's a weird thing. There are a lot that came out, like, much later that have Mortal Kombat, where the problem, and it's a problem that applies to this week's episode as well, is that it's hard to say whether it's actually based on an R-rated movie, or rather that a property that an R-rated movie has also been made of. Yes. Um. So, but, so yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Starship Troopers, I mean, Starship Troopers is directly based as a sequel to the film. Yes. Uh, that one is, that one's for sure. But the Mortal Kombat TV shows are often their own standalone thing based on the video games, not based on the movies. No, it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. But we are almost done. I think we have, like, two episodes left that we're going to, we're going to push through. And then it's off to newer pastures of weird old TV to find. That's right. So, uh, join us over at patreon.com slash system mastery, the $5 level Mm -hmm. unlocks all of our bonus content for all of our shows Mm -hmm. our monthly afterthought rooms in the discord you can talk to us ask us questions get a little more dialogue in the afterthought show for the month Mm -hmm. and you know you get that good tv mastery where we're watching the conan the barbarian animated series i believe it's called conan the adventurer or something like that it's or? like conan adventures yeah it's it's got a name where it's where, yeah it's any, got adventures somewhere it, in it, it does it does um but you remember that one that cartoon conan come on you you well maybe you don't you i mean our, you might not our audience is younger than us so you you might not remember it but honestly going back and watching it for this i was like yes <laughs> this shit still rules <laughs> this slaps uh, and so anyway yeah that and the afterthought and the and you get every single other thing at that level it's a great way to support us and let us keep doing what we're doing so that's right by all means go and support us at the patreon.com slash system mastery and if you can't then just leave a nice review for us somewhere yeah or, i mean if you if know. you listen to us on fucking spotify or mm-hmm. whatever just go ahead and click the like hey these people are great five stars good job because as everyone knows if it's not five star doesn't matter yep for algorithms if you're like these guys are pretty good four stars oh you may as well have not done anything yeah my anger at that system leads me to uh, has left me to the point where i leave five star reviews to people who like fail to deliver my food when i order it and so on oh it's literally for me i'm like it's either i don't review or a five star because anything else sucks i'm not gonna uh, you're not gonna drag me into deciding whether or not you can withhold someone's raise oh i will not be part of that bullshit system everyone gets five yeah no every time working for retail where they're like hey if you don't get a excellent on this then you may as well have gotten a piss poor and i'm like fuck you yeah so anyway, leave us a five star review somewhere because otherwise our bosses won't give us a raise. Wait, no, I don't care what you leave for us. Yeah, I won't <laughs> give you a raise, Jeff. <laughs> you're not my boss. You're just the one who made the LLC. <laughs> I'm in charge now. <laughs> the Patreon's in my name. Well, the LLC's in my name. <laughs> That's right. I won't give you a raise and then you won't give me a raise in retaliation. <laughs> That's it. We both quit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this route. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. 